Hello everyone and welcome to This Game Where, episode 150, with me, Chris, and... 150, oh my name, Ashley. Yeah, I, thank you. My name's Ashley. Your name's not 150. Hi. No, not 150, although, you know, in uh, a few short years we might all be known as numbers. Blimey, it's gone deep already. Not even a minute in. Deep already? Yeah, philosophical. Is it? Okay. How are you? All right, thanks. Mm-hmm. I've just been lamenting with you some uh, things, so maybe a little bit more heightened than <laughs> I should be. Apologies if that comes through. It's fine. We'll we'll get into this game. It'll it'll cheer you right up, I'm sure. Hmm. Uh, I'm all right, thanks for asking. Apart from having a horrible cold, which I'm looking forward to people. Sorry, I didn't ask. I didn't ask. Look forward to people hearing back and hearing my nasal adenoidal tone. So uh, apologies for that, everyone. Where did you get your cold from? Oh, here, there, and everywhere. You've got lots of different colds altogether, have you? I, I do have a lot of colds. I'm sickly. Do I don't have too many. I've got a very slight sore throat at the minute, though. I don't know where that's come from, because I barely see anybody. <sighs> so between two of us, we're, we're making real nice noises for people to listen to, then. And on Friday, this is like it's like a, a podcast event, isn't it? Because I, I think we talked about it, or I certainly mentioned it last week. I think on it's Friday, an event that only you and I are excited about, so I don't think anyone else really cares. On there. Friday, we're off to Leeds for Meetageddon. Feeds. Feeds. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Yeah, for, uh, for a good old feed. Yeah. Yeah, getting some meat. Lots of meat. How many Six- sausages are on the menu? More than one. More than one. There's like five different types of beef. That's that's good. That's good. That's just yep. the right number of beef. Beefs? The, there's chicken hearts. Mm. I've never had a chicken heart. It tastes like chicken. But it tastes like chicken. chicken. Yeah. Do they really? Yeah, honestly. Cross my heart. Interesting. Pun intended. Way. Yeah. Well, well, we'll report back um, next week on episode 151. For the third week running, we're going to talk about eating meat. Do you want to hear a fact about episode 150, or about the number 150? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dun- Dunbar's number. Have you heard this? Dumbo's number? No, Dunbar. Dunbar's number? No. Dunbar's number is the maximum number of people that humans are capable of maintaining meaningful relationships with. So I thought that was 500. Well, not going to Dunbar. I'll take it with him, or her. I Damn. thought, oh, okay, 500 meaningful relationships. Let's Google that. Maybe if you're more caring, you can have 500. Cool. So Dunbar's, oh, there we go. 150 we go. meaningful relationships, 500 acquaintances, and uh... 1,500 people you recognize. So that's the that's the gist of the theory. So if each of these episodes the has been a meaningful relationship, sort of, uh, what, what, what does that say about all the subsequent episodes? Not meaningful. Sorry, I don't, I don't, I don't understand the question. If each of these episodes is a relationship or was a relationship, what what does that say about episode one hundred fifty one and there on in? But they were podcasts. They weren't meaning. They weren't relationships. Oh, relationships between me, you, and, me and you. And the game. Are you saying? Are you saying that we're leaving our meaningful period and becoming? I think so. Ambivalent at best to one another. I I, I think so. Yeah. I thought we did that a while ago. <laughs> that episode seventeen. You're, you're just somebody I recognise these days. Oh, blimey! No, 
It's like we're a... at the third stage of Dunbar's theory. Are we? Right. Do you not think so? It's been a long time, hasn't it? We've known each other for a while now. Um, before we uh, start talking about the game that we're doing today... That, um, you, don't, you don't want to dig into that? Well, no, no, I don't want to, don't want to pick that scab. Uh, I got me an Xbox okay. this week, after we've been talking about it the last few weeks as well. And uh, What how... do you call an Xbox? You don't call it an Xbox. You've been you you've monikered it. I'll call it Egg Eggbog. Eggbog or Eggbok. Or Eggbok. Yeah. And where did that come from? Uh, I heard a child saying it and it amused me. Okay, cool. So, yeah, you, you've got your Xbox. How are you feeling Egg about bog. it? Uh, Power Simulator's very good. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've remembered another thing. Um, I was in Tesco's just doing some shopping and you, you text me saying the eagle has landed. Hmm. On Tuesday, and this was after you told me that you weren't going to order it until Friday last, just gone. So I was very surprised because the eagle has landed, to me meant that your Xbox had arrived. But actually, what did the eagle has landed mean? It meant at that point the eagle has landed into my virtual shopping basket and the eagle has landed in terms of money going out of my bank account into Bill Gates' pocket. But then on Thursday, yeah. the eagle did land. So that was an exciting day. And I got a text message saying the eagle's landed again. Yep. 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 <laughs> it just it just made me laugh. But the whole thing, I was very confused. I was so mad because I rang you. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was. Never I was so mad that I rang you because you told me that you weren't going to order it, and I'd been like, "Well, just order it, just order it." And then I thought you'd ordered it in the first place and just had me on, and I was like. No. Why would you do that? It's so weird. Yeah, well, if the boot fits. Anyway, Xbox, you've, got, you've been playing Power Wash Simulator. What else you played? Uh, not a lot else, really. Just that. Just that. Mm. I thought it's been enjoying Disappointing. it. Disappointing. And she, mm. uh, she's sort of taken, taken the helm, really. She played it for three hours yesterday. I then wanted to play it afterwards. I said, well, I'm going to play it for a bit now because, you know, trying to teach her turn-taking. And she had a strop. Did she really? Yep. <laughs> what did she do? Uh, Stunts off to her room and had a sulk. For how long? Uh, about two minutes, then she came down. And uh, I can't remember what, how I dealt with the situation. But yeah, it's probably not some very good parents in there. But there you go. Just ignore them. That's what I would do. I think that's what I did do. I'm, yeah. You know. Hey. Ignore anyway. them, or 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 install a heavy duty hook that you can hang them from, a la Home Alone. I don't think that's okay. They did it in a film, so it's fine. Mm, they do lots of things in films that aren't okay. Sorry to like break what? it to you. Stuff blowing stuff up, bombs blowing stuff up's fine in certain contexts, like demolition. Demolition man. Yeah, three seashells. They do that. That's fine too. Keeps you hygienic. Um, You've said Demolition Man. You don't know what it is, do you? I've, I've seen Demolition Man a long time ago. I, I, you I was... don't remember the three seashells? No. But it's how they I, wipe their bum. Demolition Man, uh, dystopian future. Uh, this game this week, set in dystopian future. There you go. What? Oh, smooth, have you just segwayed? Oh, God. Disgusting. Segue. I haven't done Sick. this game where blurb this week because we don't tend to do them on the multiples 10 because you and I both know what game it do is. Do we not? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, it's Omicron. It's Omicron, the, the Nomad Soul. I'm looking forward to hearing your, your notes, Stephen, on this game. 
Oh, I haven't done any. Oh, okay. So I'm going to be leading this. It's all on you. You're leading yep. this one, yeah. Cool. Uh, You're why, leading Before we st- I start rough through my notes then on a game I've never played before, but it does sound really good. I'm quite close to playing this. Well, I've never played it before. Why have we chosen to play this game then for this episode? I don't know, Chris. Why have we? I don't know. I genuinely can't remember. You can't remember? <laughs> no, I don't think that there is a, a reason, really, other than one. And that reason is the old Baumeister, David Bowie, is in the uh, is in the game. So that was why he we chose is, it. He's the star. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that we uh, chose it. It's definitely always been on my radar for possibly that reason. I don't know about you. Do you just call him the Baumeister? <laughs> Not the Baumeister, no. <laughs> the Baumeister, I've mispronounced it. I should have said the Baumeister. Right. Baumeister, like sense. David Bowie. Yeah. Well, on that the note, shall I, I, I said that I've got little friends wants to introduce you to. Shall I introduce, shall I bring him in from the wings? Yeah. Yeah, okay, so he's just in front of me because I didn't want to forget him. Uh, here he comes now. This is so weird. <sighs> there you go. Oh, it's Jareth. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you, how long have you had that? Have I seen this before? It's a, a David Bowie labyrinth action figure of Jareth, and he's only got one arm. Why has he only got one arm? Have you shown me, I'm sure you've shown me this before. Because then. I bought this years ago for my wife because she she is big into Labyrinth. And there's also a fun drink here you can play, which I'll talk about in a minute. And when my daughter was very little, she got a real attachment to this figure, having not actually seen Labyrinth. And we went to see the Peter Rabbit film at the cinema. Um, spoiler yeah. alert, don't bother going to see it. And uh, it wasn't there was a, and she was she was craving this figure while waiting to go in. And uh, his arm snapped off and fell into a drain. Oh, I hate it when that happens. So he's only got one arm because of that. Uh, the drinking game is DBA, which stands for David Bowie's Area. And when you watch Labyrinth, anytime there's a unnecessarily gratuitous shots shot of David Bowie's crotch just in the, in the backgrounds or whatever, you, you have a little drink and uh, you get quite tr- quite drunk very quickly. Really? Yeah. DBA? Never yeah. heard of it. Yeah. David Bowie's Area. Labyrinth drinking game. I'm Googling it. Just be careful what comes up. Oh, it's his penis. And the the, the, the Baumeister then, is this is why we've chosen this game, yes? I think so. As far as I'm aware, that's why we've chosen it. Why do you think we've chosen it? I can't why remember. Are you looking, why are you looking like that? <laughs> I was trying to mirror your, your facial expressions as you watched, as you looked at the pictures of DBA. Yeah... That I don't think I've found the page that relates to the film. I've just found a website dedicated to David Bowie's area. Mm. Um, Tricky. So area, they've got they've got a thing here. It says area length multiplied by width, a portion of the body consisting of the genitalia, groin, and inner thighs, the part of David Bowie that is all encompassing. I guess they mean all encompassing and predates the written word. See also region, crotch, domain, bulge, package, unit, zone, quadrant, contour map, midgard, serpent, tent. I don't like the phrase inner thigh. It makes people very uncomfortable. This is a super website. It's very like 90s. Is it? Like Geocities style. Yeah, I think I'm going to send you it. It's vaguely related to the to the game because it's all about david bowie right yeah and that's what the game's all about um it says here once we had discovered that david bowie's area is all around us every moment of our lives and everywhere that we go 
two primal urges filled us, to learn as much about David Bowie's area and its interactions with our known universe as we could, and to share our profound and intimate knowledge of David Bowie's area with as many new minds as possible. Well, based on that quote, I'm not going to click on that link. There you go. Because that There's sounds... a church now. Of course there is. It's Sunday morning and you need your David Bowie fix. Apparently there's a church now. David Bowie Church. Church of Areology. <sighs> anyway, it's a so, very, so this it's is, a very good website. I like it. So this is why... <laughs> there's a little advert on the left-hand side. It's got Ziggy Stardust's face, his head, hair included, and it just says, got crotch? Great. I'm clicking it. Don't. Don't, for the love of God. I'm clicking it. Oh, it just takes you back. So the game is Omicron, the Nomad Soul. It was called the Nomad Soul worldwide, apart from in North America, where they dubbed it Omicron, the Nomad Soul, for reasons that aren't really particularly clear and the reasons that yep. the game's creator, David Cage, took big umbrage with. He said that he felt it was the it showed Idos, who published the game, it showed their lack of confidence in the marketability of the game, and he also blamed it for the poor sales in North America. Just because it was called yeah. Omicron. Yeah. So do you know, you've mentioned the name David Cage. Do you know David Cage? I, I didn't up until making the notes for this. Well, he has, he's quite prolific. He's done some pretty good games. Only five games. Yeah, and he's only really become... Huh? Only five? So yeah, he, but saying, saying only five games uh, when one of them is heavy rain. Mm, is, only five uh, over a, a sort of 20-year period, period is what I, I yeah. mean. Yeah. So... Uh, so the game is uh, published by Quantic Quantic Dream. Oh, hang on, are we moving on? Yeah, just while talking about David Cage, so I just thought I might as well talk about their their bad catalogs. We just mentioned it, uh, which are a French company founded in 1997 with an emphasis on interactive storytelling. And the five games they've published to date are this one, which came out in late 99 on the PC and June 2000 on the Dreamcast, Fahrenheit in 2005, Heavy Rain in 2010. Beyond Two Souls in 2013 and Detroit Become Human in 2018 and they're currently working on a Star Wars game called Star Wars Eclipse. Yes. So how many of those have you played? How would you think? Zero. Bingo! Ah, oh, okay. I've I've played uh, Fahrenheit. In America it was called The Indigo Prophecy. Or, which, or possibly just Indigo Prophecy. Which again he had umbrage with. Really? Okay, interesting. Didn't know that. Um, Heavy Rain played that. Um, and then the other two, Beyond Two Souls and De Detroit Become Human, have not played. Um, do you know anything about uh, Detroit Become Human? Nope. Oh, it it was a bit controversial because they're, um, when they were showing off at E3 and various different trade shows like that, uh, it the, the um, footage that they used was quite aggressive against a female oh. uh, robot yeah so he he entered the controversy corridors um with that the games themselves and i'm going to be interested to know whether omicron follows this pattern uh, but the games themselves are sort of interactive fiction mm -hmm. um which has an emphasis on certainly with the ones that i've played heavy rain and indigo prophecy has an emphasis on um sort of on-screen button prompts. Um, I, I hesitate to say quick-time events because they aren't really. There's a very famous scene in Heavy Rain where you, so you accidentally lose your child. No, 
Uh. No, not the toothbrushing. The the scene where you lose your kid and you walk around this very crowded shopping centre shouting his name and every time you press the X button, you shout this child's name. So you can hammer the X button and, and he'll sort of shout his name over and over again. That sounds harrowing. Yeah. The whole game's a bit like that, yeah. Cue Christopher. Cue Christopher. Uh, yeah, so he, his David Cage is very much into the idea of storytelling or video game as a medium for storytelling. Uh, Warren Spector has said that David Cage's storytelling is genius. So that must be nice. I think that a lot of people might disagree with Warren Spector. Oh. But Do you yeah, disagree I, with him? Um, I don't know. I think probably like I don't think that they break particularly new ground the stories that that I've certainly experienced of his and I don't think that the way he presents his narratives is particularly groundbreaking either right well, so you know forgive me for disagreeing with Mr. Spectre. Well, he was. David Cage was the first video game developer to get the Legion of Honor, which is sort of equivalent roughly to the French CBE. So that's nice. That's lovely for him. Yeah. yeah very nice. Yeah. Um, Omicron, I was looking into Omicron and why they called it that. Uh, the game is set in Omicron City. And I was looking ah. into Omicron as a as a word. And it's it's the O, Om, is the 15th letter of the Greek alphabet. And it's O micro, so we've got the micro prefix means little o, and then O mega, O mega, is a, is a big o. So that was a nice little fact. Omicron. I thought Omicron was one of the letters of the Greek alphabet. I assume, and I might be wrong with this, I'm assuming it's like Omicro, Omicro is like a lowercase, and then Omega, Omega, Omega is the, cap- is the um... uppercase. But my knowledge of the Greek alphabet is limited at best. Apart from knowing the first few letters and that the word alphabet comes from the first letters of the Greek alphabet. There you go, it's happening on QI. Uh, Omicron Omicron's just a letter of the alphabet. And oh. Omega is a different letter of the alphabet. Oh, I mangled because that you, fact up good and proper, you didn't ab- I? absolutely have, yeah. So uh, alpha and omega, that's... Alpha is the beginning of the Greek alphabet, and Omega is the end of the Greek alphabet, and Omicron's just one letter on the journey through the alphabet. Well, bugger me. I really Oddly did make enough, a mess of that. Omicron is the letter O to oh. us. That's where our letter O comes from. Um, the game doesn't spell it the same. It, it doesn't. It spells it with a K instead yeah. of... Instead of uh, a C. But I like the idea that, you know, we've got Micron in there or something. Like, that kind of makes it feel a little bit compoopery. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought it was, uh, well, obviously, like I said, I've messed it up. But uh, I, I thought it was like, oh, that's kind of makes sense as to Micro, where that might possibly I love come from. how the human brain works. Because you know, you've, you knew Omega and you knew... Omicron, maybe previously to this, and you saw that there was mega in one of the words, and you saw that there was micro in yeah. one of the other words, and you went big and little, big and little. So, lowercase and uppercase for the same letter. That makes a lot of sense to me, and therefore that's what I'm going to say. Uh, I, make- that That is very human thinking, 
and I really like it. I really enjoy it. So cool. Omega, the only place I've really encountered that word is uh, Omega Weapon in Final Fantasy VIII. It's not really a word that comes out okay. as much, is it? A bit like cryptozoology we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago. Hmm. Yeah, so let's move on to the actual video game development itself. Uh, David Cage began writing the game in 1994, and he wrote a 200-page document and was told by multiple people the game was technically impossible, which, rather than make him go back to the drawing board and try and make it technically possible, made him more determined to actually produce the game in line with his vision, which yeah. is either applaudable or... Ugh. Yeah, I'm inclined to go for the latter. I thought I'd might. be interested to know how closely he, uh, how how close he was able to get to what he intended, and I'm sure he got whatever he got, and then went, yeah, that's exactly what I meant to do. <laughs> Maybe. Well, his vision, interestingly, was for an open world game, and but his original idea for the game is actually not dissimilar in execution according to what's called on the, on the internet obviously the proof will be in the pudding in it's not dissimilar to kind of liberty city in this kind of like open world do what you want sort of vision hmm. right, and so okay. interestingly that that came out in 1994 he did later admit uh, well he he also wanted the game his shtick with it he wanted a movie experience with total immersion and he wanted to mix multiple genres but he did later admit that there were too many gameplay styles for the game to actually kind of work cohesively and gel together so there are adventure game elements there are rpg elements there are first person yeah. shooter elements there is 3d fighting and there's also driving sequences so a lot of sometimes disparate sometimes working together elements there so that's something to look out for and just in terms of those yeah. those game genres there you've got the main game is a third person adventure when you are fighting people unarmed it goes to a side-on perspective and then when you are doing armed fighting it switches to a first person view and the reason that was put in he was forced to implement that by IDOS, who, as I said, were the publishers of the game, because the time the game was was coming out was when Half-Life was really popular, and IDOS wanted to ride on the coattails of that somewhat, so shoehorn this in. David Cage did not like that at all, and he was very resistant. He said that the first-person elements actually made him feel a bit motion sickness, um, but um, it's still quite... Anyway. Yeah, I, that's all quite interesting. I certainly pass this game as an adventure game. And that seems to, like, uh, as in old school, point and click, styly sort of fare that is a, in line with David Cage's later games, a story telling form. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not against mixing genres, blending genres, and I'm, I'm certainly interested to see what and how mm. here. Yeah, I having read that, it made me quite excited to try this game because I thought, like you said, I, I thought uh, when you look on the internet, it, it comes up saying uh, Nomad Soul Omicron is an adventure game. But I think there's more to it than mm. that. And I'm, I'm intrigued as to see how this all blends together or, yeah, not, or not, as the case may be. He, David Cage also wanted a, a musician in the game in some way and he drew up a, a short list of people that he wanted, uh, including Bjork and Massive Attack and David Bowie. And David Bowie was approached to be past this game and he, the, the game also has this kind of like vaguely Buddhist reincarnation theme. So when you get killed, your spirit then goes into the body of the first person you have encountered in, in the life of that person. So... Then when you die again, you then 
get reincarnated into the first person you met as that character and rinse and repeat throughout the whole game. And David Bowie was quite in, into that kind of vaguely kind of Buddhist idea. Mm. So he, he visited Eidos to play a very early version of the game with his son, Duncan Jones, who later became the director of Moon and I think the World of Warcraft film as well. What do they call him? He's got another name. He's not actually Duncan Jones, is he? He's got a different name. Uh, I think he's got... I'm not sure because David his, his real name's uh, David Jones. Obviously, he's not Chris and David Bowie. So um, I, yeah, I, no, I, I know. Do you mean you're thinking I like think it's like he's got a? I think Duncan's got a different name. Do you think like sort of Moon Unit Zapper kind of where he's got a Moon Unit on, style? Yeah, yeah, obviously Moon Unit was on my mind because of Moon, but yeah, possibly it's all not important. Well, Dun- Duncan himself was and presumably still is a, a gamer, and was that was David Bowie's in with the game, and presumably Idos as well, mm. because quite the coup, really. Um, and David Bowie enjoyed the whole virtual space aspect of the game, and was, was signed up, was was hooked into it there and then. I think mm. actually, kind of reflecting on my knowledge of David Bowie, which is f- fairly limited at best. I do like David Bowie, but I couldn't name you like album tracks stuff like that but what i do know about him is that he was he was quite interested in the idea of of the internet sort of in, in its early gestation and he had um bowie.net he was one of the first sort of musicians to have uh, their own website there's a, a clip of him talking to jeremy paxman uh, in kind of 95 96 where he's talking about the internet as this this amazing new thing and how you can interact with fans and you can release demos so to you you, you can record it that day and then release these demos and fans can take part not not take part in but they can always say it's like they're sort of in the studio with you and jeremy paxman's completely dismissive of it and just doesn't can't wrap his head around it at all um, oh, that doesn't sound like Mr. Paxman. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You also had um, on Bowie.net, there was the, a forum, and I, I don't know if it was the first music forum, obviously, I, I, I don't know that. But I know David Bowie used to post on there, and people used to interact with him, and there were speculations as to whether it was him or wasn't him, and then turned out years later it was David Bowie, so he had this sort mm. of interaction with fans on there as well. So I think in terms of him embracing technology which i don't think is a massive surprise for him as a person uh, i think the fact that he saw this game this avenue and wanted to take part in it uh, it, it ties into his persona quite closely i think yeah um it's, it's also notable there's a, a really interesting article which I'll, I'll make sure we put in the um item description in the episode description um from edge online they did a big in-depth interview with david cage about the game and it said in there that this is the first time this this game is the first time a real performer appeared in a game i mean david bow does not appear as himself he appears as two different characters i'll talk about those in a minute and they likened it to gta 4 how you had the comedy clubs where you had like uh ricky gervais frankie boyle cat williams mm. all and uh, doug stanhope all appeared as themselves but that was 10 years after this they're all thereabouts yep. David Bowie appears in two different guises. He appears as the lead singer of an in-game band, and he had to go through lots of motion cap sessions to to do that. Um, the, the bands are a group of street singers, so the style of music that he recorded for the game, I'll talk about that next as well, was very much informed by that because he couldn't have you know a, a piece of music that had a big sweeping orchestra in it, or he couldn't do a piece of music that had a, a drum machine loop. It had to time, and he really was trying to restrict how he recorded the music to actually fit what's how it, how it appeared in the game. 
so he's he's that character he's also he also plays a character called boz who is a blue digital entity that leaves the resistance and it's that character when you go on steam it's that character that pops up is the the blue skin david bowie that's the one that i'm aware of Mm. yeah yeah Uh, so he recorded 10 songs for the game which then ended up appearing most of them seven of these 10 tracks then appeared on the 1999 album hours and i was trying to sort of work out if hours was originally a soundtrack for omicron or whether he was inspired by omicron to then release some separate stuff I'm, i'm not really sure i couldn't find out but basically seven tracks that appear in omicron then appeared on the hours album there are other tracks that appear in this game that then appeared as as b-sides for singles from the hours album or became reworked uh, there's a couple of instrumentals where that's the case uh, there's a song on the hours album called new angels of promise which features in this game a lot and it was originally called omicron and was going to be on the album mm. hours as omicron but became renamed for whatever reason so there's a lot of crossover between that album as a whole and this game Cool. Uh, in terms of copies sold, the game sold 600,000 copies with between 400 and 500,000 of those in Europe, which again, David Cage attributed to the Omicron uh, title in North America. I'm not really sure whether that's true or not. But one of his quotes is that he thought that the game or North American audiences thought the game was, quote, too French and too arty. There was a PlayStation 1. What can you do? Hmm. what can you do about that too french too arty you've just said the same thing twice <laughs> uh, well there is a sort of there, there are a lot of french media that have this dystopian future like you've got this little big adventure there's beyond good and evil there's a film i watched about 15 years ago i think you might have called immortals which was like a semi cgi crossover thing so it's just it, it's something I've noted before that that French seem to in, in their about, media. You know about Immortals from two thousand eleven. No, no, it's before that. Anyway, that's oh just, right, okay. It, it might even be called Immortals. I might be misremembering that. Anyway, that's just just an aside, just an, a, a wry observation. Um, I was surprised when I was making my notes that F- there wasn't a, a PlayStation One port, and apparently the, the PS One version there was going to be a PS One version. It was seventy percent completed, but cancelled due to the sales of the game being disappointing in North America. Mm-hmm. And there was then going to be a PlayStation Two port as well. Think about the sort of time this is two thousand late ninety nine. Um, presumably, would have come out the very started the PlayStation 2's uh, lifespan, but that also got cancelled as well. Yeah. The game has between sort of six to seven on average in terms of reviews as a score. So, yeah. That's all my notes. Cool. I don't have anything else to add. No, I became increasingly aware of that while I was rabbiting on. That, uh... but, but What do you that's, mean? That's fine. There was just my voice droning on nasally. Nah, that's not an issue. Should we go play it then? You did a really good job. Thanks. Thanks, pal. You're welcome. Let's go play this game. Omicron, 
the nope mad soul. I was going to go for uh, Omicron, the hell no mad soul. Yeah, they mm. both work. They do. Some of our feelings quite aptly. Uh, I think, to give it its credit, I think it's a bit of a swing and a miss. I can see the game reaching for something, but it's just not quite getting there by any stretch of the imagination. I'm of the opinion that this is time-related. We're playing a game from, when was it? 1999? 1999. In 2023. And because of the nature of the game, and because its primary, well, only, according to you, um platform was the PC. PC and Dreamcast. And, oh, sorry, Dreamcast, yeah. It's probably better on the Dreamcast. Um, because because it's a 3D game in this transitional period where we've been moving away from the 2D into 3D uh, in exactly the same way as with Tomb Raider, it, it doesn't necessarily have the standards that have been set now. Mm-hmm. They're, so they're pretty much set in stone. This is a this is a game that's suffering from all of these things. So, like, it, it, its controls aren't great. Um, it, the moving around's not terrible, but the fact that I'm using keys all over the shop and there isn't, like, the standard back out using escape and um, all sorts of different things that are very much because of when it was made are really impacting on the experience mm. in 2023. The controls are really weird. Like, So to move the character in the third-person mode, you use the arrow keys, and not using WASD just feels really strange. And then you're also not using the mouse to move the camera around, which also feels quite strange. During yeah. the fighting sequences, you're then confronted with your opponent, and I was then pressing buttons that worked in the main 3D adventure type part of the game, and they weren't working. And eventually figured out it then goes to Q and A to do different attacks. It's Q, A, and at least S and D. So I don't know whether right. there's some... Yeah, so I, I was kicking with S and D and punching, I think, with Q and A. So whether that's... Why that makes sense to anybody, I don't know, but I'm sure that would, um, in the olden days, have come in the manual. Presumably, yeah. Um, we don't have a manual because it's on Steam. And then the... So, the, the thing that I found the most frustrating in terms of the controls was the, the map. So you've got a the, yes. the city which you dumped into. And actually the city, as a living, breathing city in 99 on the PC 2000 Dreamcast, it's actually pretty good. I was quite impressed mm. with that, how, how alive it feels. And there's lots of hustle and bustle of vehicles and people moving around. But there's no map in the bottom corner. Instead, you have the, the Nomad Soul logo as if you're playing like a demo in, a, in Dixon's or something. And to, to open the map, you have to press various buttons sort of a number of times in order to get to the map and then okay look at the map right orient yourself and figure out where you are in terms of the arrow sort of get your, your bearings and then back into the game but then if you get lost again you've then got to go through a sequence again to actually open the map and it just it makes it it's very unnecessarily tedious yeah i i didn't like the idea that well i didn't like the fact that i kept having to open the map up to make sure it's facing in the right direction mm. just in the street i thought that was a the whole execution of the map was as you say clunky and clumsy it's also indicative of exactly what i've just been harking on about this is a this is a game from a time this is a game from a time of transition 
where the standards haven't been set, the idea of a mini-map, right? It had, at this point, a mini-map, I think, had been invented. Um, there was a mini-map on... When was Metal Gear Solid? I think that was before this. 97, 98? Yeah, so a couple of years before, yeah. and that had a mini-map. Um, I mean, that kind of makes it feel quite strange that this opted for the for the uh, map choice it did. Um, but, yeah, it's... Um, it's a very odd one. To not have to not have alternative controls as well. I don't know yeah. whether that was standard. Or or to not be able to map controls on a on a PC game. I feel like I was remapping but buttons on PC games at this point. All over the place. In nineteen ninety nine or two thousand. I'm sure that was possible in at least some games. I'd imagine so, yeah. But maybe I'm wrong. Things weren't as straightforward then as as I maybe as now think they were. Yeah, absolutely. As now, you also can't skip cutscenes, which is again maybe something that they've they've put in place because of the infancy of, of going to three Dness, but also maybe because they were quite proud of what they had done. And actually, it, it does look quite good. The, the intro, there's two intro cutscenes. There's, there's mm. one big intro, which is really epic and is actually pretty cool, showing off loads of different aspects of the game, different locales, locations, and different characters. And then there's a brief bit of gameplay after a big bit of exposition. Then when you walk into the city itself, as soon as you walk onto one of the streets, it then plays this intro with the David Bowie track, I'm assuming the one that was called Omicron, which was then renamed to New Angels of Promise because the word Omicron kept cropping up in the lyrics. And it, it the song, sort of briefly going on to the song before I go back to the game, the song sounds exactly like you'd imagine a David Bowie song from the late 90s to sound like. It was quite industrial and um, with a chorus that was kind of 70s Bowie-ish. Um, I quite liked it as a song, to be fair. Um, but I'm suspecting you probably couldn't skip that because they were proud of that. And I think it did a good job of showing off the city and the, the scale of it. And um, when there were other cutscenes of characters doing bits and bobs, yeah, the, the animation on the characters, the facial expressions uh, were, were quite good. Uh, maybe not so I much the actual the character models. Did you have animations? Well, they, they, they were changing their facial expressions. I mean, it was very static. It was, well, it was you get one shot and they'd be one facial expression and then it would change back to your character and then go back to the character again and they'd have changed their oh. facial expression. So there weren't animations not registered, per they? se. Um, no, they weren't. At the same time, though, having, having pointed that out or clarified in that... That, that intro cutscene that you were talking about, it was epic. The thing that really struck me was how fluid the animations were and how human they were. You were talking about motion capture, and I can only assume that they were motion capturing those people running and jumping and diving around, because the, the animation on it was spot on. Hmm. So, um, yeah, that, that really made an impression. Actually, it did a lot to make me quite excited to play the game. Yeah, yeah. It genuinely got me going, like it got me pumped up to to get stuck in. There was a really good. We mentioned Damnition Man. Well, you mentioned Damnition Man in the first half. That was a really good. That ad- was you. It was me. It was me, Miss Rembrandt. That was an advert for this kind of fizzy drink, and the way it was, the style of it, yeah. and, and the tone was very Demolition Man. And then you also had these um, sort of mech suit type robots that were clunking around that were very similar to Robocop so it, yeah. it feels like the game's drawing on kind of this dystopian future um, tropes that had already been established which I think was quite good as well yeah there, there, there is a brand or a, a, 
a vein of 80s action sci-fi dystopia films which had Sylvester Sloan or Arnold Schwarzenegger or um, anybody uh, like the big action guys in um, Run- Running Man, Robocop um, Demolition Man is 90s I think isn't it but that, that was genre um, oh, uh, Total Recall I think I mentioned yeah. that one in the first half slot they all had this capitalism gone slightly awry mm-hmm. um, element to them and this was pulling on those threads as well, I think. Yeah, and creating a really nice universe uh, for you to mm. explore with, with that as well. Um, so, it, from, from the start of the game, with that cutscene and that styling, it really set set me up personally. To, to yeah, I, I, I was I was champing at the bit to play it, and just mm. I, I feel a bit like as. David Cage himself admitted in the interview I talked about that there was just too much going on for it to gel together cohesively. I'm not even sure that was my issue. I feel like it... So you kept talking about how linear it felt, and I think that was one of the real big disappointing things about it. There's this big space to explore, and it's touting itself as an adventure game, but really it's just to join the dots. You go here, and this thing plays out, and then you go here, and this thing plays out. And that's kind of an issue that I've had with other David Cage games that I've played. Right. I I accept that they are narrative. They, they've been talked about as like it's some kind of hybrid between games and movies. So Indigo Proxy, Fahrenheit, um, and Heavy Rain. They were they were considered like in one way or another quite forward thinking or um, innovative. And when I, I and there, the, that's the reason that I played them. I, I got Indigo Prophecy on the play on the Xbox 360, um, and thought I was going to get something quite innovative and interesting, but ended up with something that was quite, I felt, um, disappointing right. in terms of what it delivered, because I at the time certainly at the time was uh, big into films. Um, and just felt like it didn't hit hit the lofty heights that film can hit, and also didn't really deliver on the game front either because it was too busy trying to be filmic. Um, and it was kind of the same here in the sense that it was a storytelling vehicle that meant that we weren't really engaging with the world that it was telling the story in. All I felt I was doing was was going from, right, I've done this thing, I've been told to do this thing now, I'm going to go straight there and do that thing because there's nothing else to do. But there are things to explore. So I was in the police headquarters, for example, and I'd done the thing that I'd visited the police headquarters in order to do, and I left the room and I was thinking, oh, I've got to explore. There's, There's a few different levels to explore now. And then my little... Sort of personal computer that's on your your wrist thing. Um, imagine like what Buzz Lightyear has on his wrist and Toy Story that pops up. It then yeah. came with a little video message. Oh, the police chief wants to see you now. So, okay, got to figure out where she is. Go to see her. She's given me instruction. I've got to go to another floor to do the thing that she's told me to do. You can explore the the police headquarters and go and visit some other rooms, but there's not really a lot to do in any of the rooms. Just kind of no. pick up the odd item or interact with a vending machine or whatever. So you're not really rewarded for going off the beaten path. You just have to, you are funneled down the path that has been created for you to follow. So you just, it's all very predetermined. 
it's not even necessarily about reward. I've got two games in mind. I don't really know why these games in particular, but um, well, I think I do because I was having a bit of a, a, a think while while we were both talking at this point. What is it that is lacking here to make you want to go off the beaten path, or to make you, or to draw you off the beaten path? And I think that is one of the things. There is nothing there to draw you away, nothing to no. intrigue you outside of the directions that you get. If you compare it to these two games that I'm going to name now, A Link to the Past and Final Fantasy VII, they are two games that just sprung into my head as I was trying to think, well, why is it that when I'm playing as Link in A Link to the Past, I end up going and talking to a fortune teller or end up talking to some guy in the village or... Um, or, or, or what? what is it? And it is differentiation and it's distinction. So the fact that this thing looks different to every other thing or the fact that this guy seems to be in distress or um, the fact that this is a unique item in the entire game, a, a weather bang shaped like a cockle, um, these things draw me there because of their, the way they've been made to be distinct from everything else. Um and it's the same in Final Fantasy VII. Like, you're going through these spaces, and, and a lot of other RPGs, or, and, and games in general, but you're going through these spaces, like, you, you're navigating through Midgard, and you're, Midgard, <laughs> you're navigating through Midgard, and you're seeing, say, in the slums, you might go past someone doing a funny animation, um, that, that draws you in, and it's the animation that catches your eye, and you go, and you're like, "Well, what? He, what are they up to?" Mm. Or you might go, you might see some children that are uh, crouched down over some rubble, and there's a reason to go and talk to them. There's something drawing you towards them. Whereas here in Omicron, um, the streets were populous, as you say. They, there were plenty of people walking around, but that's all they were doing. They're they just were NPCs. just walking around. Yeah. And for all intents and purposes, there wasn't... So GTA, I think you've said about GTA and how it it kind of um, draws a a degree of um, comparison to that because it's the nature of being an open world. Um, In GTA, they are there to be your... Fodder. uh, Playthings? Yeah, there you go. Fodder. Fodder's a really good word uh, in relation to GTA. But here, they're not really there for you to interact with in a physical way. You can go up to them, you can talk to them, but there's no good reason to do that anyway. We can have a conversation with You can have a conversation. can you? Oh, right, okay. Yeah, I went up to a couple of people and had a conversation. There was a guy sat on a bench and I asked him, I went up to him, it was when I was looking for the police station, and I said to him, I had a conversation about has he noticed anything out of the ordinary and asked him about demons prowling in the streets and he told me to go find a medi uh, a medi tech um, and get myself checked out possibly right so there was a there was a degree of interaction had to be okay. had but actually in terms of the interaction i think it's going to generally be fairly pointless in terms of forward progress and this guy was no different to any other of the ten, tens of people in this street. So it just so, it just so happened that I decided that I was going to see if I could talk to that person. He he 
literally was no different to 10 other people in that street because his model was the same, his, uh, his look was the same. Um, and I could have chosen any one of, of those 10 or, or actually any one of the other four different models. Like, the fact that you've got all these models that are all the same is, is going to put you off even trying to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. You didn't yeah. have, you didn't even try because you just kind of assumed that all of these people are just there to fill this space and make it feel busier. Yep. Um, it's done nothing to try and try and push you to explore. Sadly, as an open world or plate like sandboxy style space, it's done nothing to lure you off the beaten path. Beaten track. It reminds me a lot of when we played Metal Gear Solid, and we had the same kind of conversations. That Metal Gear Solid is go here, watch cutscene. You are told where to go next. Go there, watch cutscene, progress, and there is no reward for exploring beyond that apart from maybe picking up the odd medikit or a bit of ammo or something that that feels mm. like what we are with this game where you just you're progressing from story beat to story beat to story beat in order to progress as you've said the, the the storytelling because that's what david cage wants to do he wants to tell a story but mm. but in a game you've got agency like you, you can't tell a novel uh, through a game it just doesn't doesn't you add can. up you can but not in the way that david cage tends to try to do it so I think he gets closer to what he was after with Heavy Rain. Right. Heavy Rain actually has scenes, and each scene feels to some extent meaningful and pointed. Here, though, you've got scenes that are embedded in a larger space that you then have to navigate through. So where one of the strengths of film is in its editing, here you've got... You've got the actual, you've got to navigate an actual mm. physical space to get from scene to scene. There is no, there is no strength in editing because the editing is not happening. You, you know, there's this, there's the notion of getting, getting late, leave early, or arrive late, leave early. I don't know if you've heard that nope. in terms of scripts or films, but the notion, the idea is that you enter a scene as late as you possibly can. And you leave it as early as you possibly can and get, in order to get across the vital information that you need to get across. Right. So if you, if you join too early <coughs> or you leave too late, you're going to have bagginess. Um, if you join late and you were, and you leave early, you're going to have tightness. Here, it's all bag. It's all just bagginess. It's, it, we're, we're arriving early. We're leaving late. We're doing all the navigation in between, arriving and leaving as well. So it's just bagginess. Including fast around the menus at the same time. Minor scenes of, of action or or interest. Yeah, and and then the invasion of the of the UI, which was just atrocious. I think my main kind of the, I, I was getting into the games, given its its due. Um, but I had a a real stinky bug about 15-20 minutes into the game where I was having a conversation with the character I was playing as um, with with the whole idea with the taking over the person's body and having a conversation with his wife where trying to piece together with the exposition that she was giving as to what had happened to this guy in his life prior to me possessing Mm. him and it kept getting to the point where the conversation wouldn't progress any further. And I reset the game three times and had the same thing happen every time. Googled it. 
Uh, someone said it was a known issue when you play an original copy of the game, but if you download off Steam, it works fine. I got it off Steam and it was still happening. Uh, eventually, you suggested faffing about with the files and getting it to run in Windows XP Service Pack 3. Managed to get past yeah, it, it after that. Yeah, it was just a compatibility issue, yeah, really. But... Um, well, it's the nature, again, that's not necessarily the game's fault. It's, it's the nature no, of playing no. a game from the eight, from the 90s now, 20-odd years later. Um, it's a technical issue, um, but it is still a barrier. Yeah, yeah. So it put me in a bit of a mood. Yeah, it was five minutes in as well. You said twenty minutes. It must have felt a lot longer to you because it was about five minutes into the game. Not even. Yeah, you're probably um, right. Actually, it it's one more barrier, and for me, I didn't actually ever really get into the swing of of the game. There were too many barriers. There was too much to to grate and annoy and bother me. Whether it was be- thing, the nature of it, the game itself or the barriers um, that weren't necessarily its fault. Um, there, there were just too many and maybe they're surmountable but there's just nothing really to me calling to me to try and make me make that effort. No. No. So it we didn't even see David Bowie either, disappointingly. Heard him, no, but we didn't heard see him. Sing. Didn't see him, yeah. So Omicron the Nomad Soul. Not for me, unfortunately. I was I was really hoping it would be. Yeah. It looks so stylish. Yeah, I was as I said, I was really excited after having read all the, the blurb about it and all these different gameplay oh. styles, but uh yep, not for me either. So the uh that, that that's the game. Um a sequel was scheduled for 2001, but was cancelled. Right. Why? Does it say just... I'm, ass- I'm assuming the lack of sales and etc, etc. Uh, the, the, ty- the, the sequel, sorry, was titled Nomad Soul Exodus or Omicron to Karma at different points. And uh, it, they, there was um, Quantic Dream was still persevering with it. And then eventually when they started to work on Heavy Rain... So you're looking there, kind of mid to late noughties, I'd imagine, for the Heavy Rain to come out in 2010. Um, by that point, they just had to scrap it completely and bin it off. Um, and the only other interesting story about the game I could find out was that in December 2021, the Omicron variant of COVID um, obviously reared its head. And yeah. there was a, a clip on Twitter uh, that was taken from the game of David Bowie's character, one of his two characters, talking about um, encouraging a government uprising. And the game's title, coupled with that clip, went, apparently, went viral on Twitter um, because people were trying to draw some draw some meaning from the game meaning. that, that, yeah, that right. let's be honest, isn't there. Yeah, okay. Weird people. Yep, weird people. Weird people. Uh, the game is, if... I was talking about it as maybe interested you, possibly has, who knows. It's available on Steam for £7, but we bought it a couple of weeks ago, or you already had it, I bought it a couple of weeks ago, sorry, in a, a Steam sale for, I think it's like £1.40 or something ridiculous like yeah. that. So it very frequently goes down yeah. to that sort of price. So, um, yeah, as a as a curio- curiosity, it, it may be interesting to some people. Broadly, it's not really going to be something that most people want to revisit, I wouldn't say. Right, that's a very fair summation of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. 
Cool. Well, that's episode 150. Um, so next week we're going to episode 151, and it is one of your games, isn't it? One of my games. Yeah, it is. Hooray. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully you can join us for that. Uh, in the meantime, if you could join us on social media, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you could like, share, subscribe, rate, and review, that would be lovely. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for sticking around for the whole of this episode. We will see you again next week. Goodbye. Adios. Adios.